Welcome back, people. It's uh, Chris Angel and Aaron Hendon coming at you with another episode of The Mindful CEO. Coming at you. Coming at you. <laughs> that was, uh, I, I did that as a, a in college when we had voicemail on college phones. <clears throat> that was my, um, it's Chris Angel coming at you. And it just stuck with me. I don't know. It's funny. I just liked it. So that was there your you outgoing message? Uh, that was, you know, when somebody called in and was going to leave a message. Hey, it's Chris Angel coming at you. Leave me a message. <laughs> I don't, anyway, I don't know. It just stuck with me. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Good. Coming at you. Coming at you. I, I feel I feel weird that we're not starting having uh, told some big joke before we started <laughs> recording. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, I, we're in the it's at the time of this recording. It's the end of November and we're coming up on December, January, big goal setting months, yes. big, uh, big visioning months. And, um, and that sort of that time mm. suck of pro- unproductivity that the time between Thanksgiving and New Year's is just the massive amount of energy it takes to yes. be productive during this time because the black hole of yeah. overeating, over drinking, yeah. over socializing, yeah. time off. The, <laughs> everything is organized around. I'll do it next year. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, certainly in my business in real estate, everyone's like, we're waiting till next year. We're holding off. I mean, it's right, you know right. the most common objection we get at yeah. this time. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, it is like that. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so that's so that's that. Um, and then we were, you know, really talking about what it takes to keep a future alive. You know, first of all, the I think the thing that got us into the conversation was the power of having an inspiring future yeah uh to shape yeah the context of now right yeah. like standing in yeah you know mindfulness is being uh, here in the present moment mm. right and the present moment is contextless yeah right the present moment is just what it is doesn't have it's the moment it doesn't have a context it's Right, empty, meaningless, as they say. Yeah. Um. And then, what gives context is the future mm-hmm. that one is living into, either created or default. You know, yeah, the, yeah. what we say the future is mm-hmm. is what gives context to the moment. That's where we were. That's what we were starting. And my, and I was starting with that the con the future I'm living into is that I'm full of shit. I. I can't make a difference. Nothing's moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have anything real to contribute. Mm-hmm. Other people do it better than me. I'll be found out as a fraud. <laughs> you know, yeah. all those kinds of futures. Anyone know any of those kinds of futures? Yeah. That's yeah. mostly yeah. what I was. Yeah, which is just makes now so inspiring. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think uh, I don't think you're alone in that for sure. I think that that's especially this time of year. I think it's you start looking at what you accomplished this year and you start looking at all the ground you have to make up next year for the the ground you didn't take this year. And you start to see like, God, like I've been at this for a while. I've been at right. this for, you've been in real estate for 10 years. I've been in business for 20 some years. Some of that in real estate. Some, I mean, it, add on top of that, you and I are, I'm pretty sure we're uh, neurally divergent. I'm pretty sure we're like, we're all over the place in terms of, you know, multiple projects in motion. Yeah. You know, we talk about neuro, I don't know enough about it to have anything real 
useful to say about it, but my suspicion is that almost that there is no anything but neurodivergence. I think everyone's yeah, unique. Well, I think everyone, I, I don't know, but maybe not. Maybe I, that's just my, my bias that side, everyone's like me. I will side note that and just say, like, if you haven't read The Gifted Adult, I highly recommend you read The Gifted Adult. I listened to it because I can't read and I still didn't finish it. But as they were describing, uh, people who are neurodivergent that way, and all the complaints the people who are connected or married to neurodivergent people <laughs> things I'm like uh in your to use your phrase, I felt recreated, like people saying, why do you have why can't you just stick with one thing? Why do you have so many plates in the air? Why are you doing all these things and I'm like, i you know it's just and I made myself wrong for that for a lot of years, and it contributed to my imposter syndrome because I thought I shouldn't be this way. I should be able just to focus on one thing and do it. And it's not how I'm wired. And there was a lot of grace once I just could be like, maybe this is how I'm wired. There was a lot of grace for and getting present to surrendering to this is me. Mm. And a lot of that imposter stuff fell off. And I'm like, okay, well, if this is me, then how do I ride this thing? How do I be with all of this? So that's interesting. I'll just add that sidebar. That's great. I mean, you know, I I didn't thought about it in terms of giving me space for, you know, but before the show, I wrote down all the different projects I have going and I have seven different things, yeah, seven different plates in the yeah. air and they all, you know, need to produce today, son of God damn it. Why are they yes. not? Right. Why are they not working yet? And so there's. <laughs> right. right. Um, and that they're not working yet is evidence for I'm full of shit right. that they all don't work. Yeah, immediately is evidence for um, a fake. You know, if I weren't a fake, those everything would work or something would work. Right. And then. So we're going to follow that thread, right? The insanity of that thread, the assertion there is nothing's working. It's easy to step into. Well, fuck, nothing's working. I got all these things. And, you know, clearly there's something wrong with me. Um, you know, the ease with which, and I don't know people for whom that's not the first place or the automatic place to go. Is there something yep. wrong with them? That's yep. that I pretty am pretty clear after, you know, training tens of thousands of people that there's something wrong and there's something wrong with me is sort of a base level. Yeah. You know, when there's something wrong, it's where we look as ourselves. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know that I had a thought about that, and I've lost it now because obviously I'm full of shit and I can't keep. Up with <laughs> right. Um. Mm. Oh, just just to follow. Oh, I cannot remember where I was going to go with that thought. Oh my god. Um. There's something wrong. There's something wrong with me. What were we talking? How did I get into that? Well. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I was, was holding space for that you room? to find it. And now I, I don't back know. Out of the room and come in again. <laughs> let Why me, I have something kitchen? to, let what me see if. In the kitchen? <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I think, I think that's super common for um, humans to go. There's something wrong. There's something wrong with me. I, it's interesting to me, the context shift that if you, if I, if you saw yourself, like I see you, Aaron, right. As someone who, uh, I think has been 
has created an incredible life and has incredible skills, who has the courage to take on seven projects in this moment, <clears throat> that there is some, there's some time, some gestation for all those things and that you, that you would demand an immediate result is not characteristic of, of the alchemist that you are. Like if you really stepped into the alchemist you are, you just would know there's time it takes to pull all of this wonder together mm -hmm. to transmute the intentions you have into fruit just takes time. And you would know that if you would step into the alchemist you are rather than play the whatever imposter thing you think you are, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that's just the, <clears throat> I think we all do that. We are like, if we could just step back and honor all the things that want to come through us mm. without a time attached to it, we could be appropriate with the transmuting there is to do with it. Or but even then, the time attached to it as a, as a something that I've attached to it versus it's real and it should be, and it's supposed to be. And if it were true, it would be this way which are really different than, okay, I'm going to have X done by the end of the week, or I'm going to have this promise accomplished today, or I'm going to, if I'm at the source of it, then it's empowering because I'm the one who said, it. and if I, even if I don't hit it, I then I'm the one who said, and I'm responsible for having said, I can look to see what was missing that would, if I put it in, would have the next time go different, which is really different than, if any of these seven fucking things were true or any of these seven projects were really useful or people really wanted them, they'd be successful by now, <laughs> which is a description of something and not a creation of something. Mm. Not yeah, It's not yeah. a sourceful yeah. relationship to those seven things. Yeah, that's good. Um, and, you know, and you, you said you, you just said it again, uh, and it's why we started recording, because you were talking about um, gesta gestation. Yeah. Right. And the amount of time it takes something to grow. Yeah. To be birthed. And, you know, the story, and then this actually happened to me. It's a pretty typical metaphor, but mm. I remember the day it actually happened mm. was that, you know, we pl were planting strawberries and my son was probably four. Yeah. Something like that. And, uh, you know, planting with kale and, you know, in the garden and doing all the work. And, you know, four-year-old dude's like hungry, goes up for lunch, comes up, has his lunch, maybe goes down for a nap and then get, wakes up and he's like, oh, and goes downstairs and digs up the plants to see if they started to grow yet. <laughs> and, uh, you know, nothing grows like that. That's obviously, you know, not the way you get something to grow. You can't just dig it up, Right. And, uh, mm -hmm. and you got to let it, you got to let it gestate. Yeah. You got to let it start. And my, it's so funny too, because we were just talking about this the other day. I went showing houses to my friend Glenn and his girlfriend, and he's got bamboo in his front yard. And, mm -hmm. and in the back now, he's got these, you know, poles, bamboo poles that he cut out, uses for various, you know, fencing and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, those grew and they grew. You know, it was like one day, you know, he had, he had planted it or it had been there for years and years and years. And then one day, mm. big, huge sprouts came up and grew like a foot a day, which wow. is the, <laughs> which is the story about how bamboo grows, right? I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. if you're into business, 
metaphors mm-hmm. of business books, they talk about bamboo takes five years before you see anything. But when you see it, it grows like a foot a day. And he's like, yeah, that's actually what happened in my front yard. And, you know, because it spends its first five years building its mm-hmm. support structure, its root structure, its ability yeah, to yeah. do that. And then the thing just skyrockets. And, uh, you know, that's we've we're planting seeds. So we're talking about, you know, that mm-hmm. space of of cultivating or um, nurturing something along. And if you're going to use that metaphor of planting right which i think you did right planting seeds right the communities you're building are all planting seeds Uh and i thought it was really useful for you to use that metaphor of look i don't know how many apples i get off this particular tree Mm -hmm. yeah right i don't know what that tree is going to produce in terms of fruit but i do know that trees produce fruit yeah when they're nurtured and, yeah. you know, I can always plant more. And the name of the game is to plant enough yeah, so that I get an abundance of fruit because right. they will eventually fruit if I tend to it. And the part of tending to it that I've been doing a shit job about mm. that I came to the call all messed up about is the weeding, mm. Mm. you know, and I think those disempowering conversations about my being full of shit and this isn't working. And if it was useful, it would be done. And I don't have anything to contribute and, Look at this guy over here. He's really got something to contribute, and I don't. And they do it better than me. And look at that website. That's way more slick than mine, and I'm not going to get that. And I don't have anything, yeah. you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah. Those weeds, weeds, weeds. Nothing more than weeds. And weeds don't take anything to um, mm. grow. They don't take anything. You don't need to nurture weeds. You don't need to you know, be careful and germinate them and call co- and mm-hmm. no weeds just yeah. float in. Yep. It's good. And they yeah. take, take, take root by themselves. Mm. And we don't look at them and go, Oh, my garden has weeds. There's something wrong with my garden. Right. Yeah. Good point. You just weed the garden. Yeah. It's good. Right. You don't, you don't be like, Oh, I, I didn't, I didn't set the garden up right. Cause it has weeds. Right. You know, you expect weeds. Yeah, you you deal with weeds before you know you. We we when we do our garden, we do those nylon sheets that you so that right, right. Yeah, weeds yeah. don't grow around the plants, right? Yeah, yeah. And I don't think I have that context, or I I hadn't created that context for myself around the mm. things I my seven projects that I planted, and then noticing the disempowering thoughts as oh look, there's a weed, mm-hmm. right? Rather than if that weed is a problem now that's just the weed it's literally just the weed i like that yeah that's really good it's a good that's a really good metaphor yeah we're gonna rock with that we're gonna <laughs> I, rock it, with that metaphor weeding it, the garden it occurs that's to a me chapter that... that's gonna be actually a chat this is good i've started a list over thanksgiving i'm gonna add it now this is good i started <laughs> a list of chapters hang on i'm getting it up on my phone of things are never so bad they can't get worse um, that's the book, <laughs> and uh, nice. Uh, weeding the garden. That's a chapter. Um, I have. Um, I, I, we should talk about the other chapters too, because there was actually one that before I went down the tunnel of, I'm full of shit and I have nothing to contribute. Fully got myself in that world when I was still doing this. I, I did have a theme for the show that I forgot about, but I got myself so. In the weeds, uh-huh. 
right? That's a great saying too, in the weeds. Um, you know, when you're in the weeds, that's what that is. You're in the weeds, you're stuck and you don't, you know, too much in the weeds. Um, uh, yes, I've been, uh, writing down chapter headings for my book. Things are never so bad. They can't get worse. Uh Uh-huh. Do you, are you going to share them now or you want to oh, share? Oh, well, I could. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, the idea of the book really is, you know, I did notice that uh, up until, you know, yesterday and prepping for this call and realizing that I am, you know, just <laughs> completely and totally resigned about my life and there, I can't make a difference and it's all fucked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is, which is a, un- <laughs> um, historically, you know, I'm 60 now. So, 55 years, uh, whatever, certainly good. A good portion of my life has been spent in that sort of Mm. doom, Mm. uh, imminent doom. Yeah. You know, things are never so bad. They can't get worse is the, you know, my family crest Mm. (laughs) is, you know, how I've spent the majority of my life. And then recently, and I would think over the last, I got it. I, I, I don't have it pinpointed, but it's in the last two or three years. I stopped worrying. Mm. I just stopped worrying. I just stopped. I don't know. Uh, up until yesterday, like, you know, I was like, <laughs> oh, good. Yay. Look at that. Um, uh, you know, it's not like it doesn't come up from time to time, but it doesn't, it, it no longer it's no longer the fundamental context of my life and it hasn't been for a few years now. And so I thought that would be a useful book to write is, you know, and all the different pieces of where I got, you know, the the spaciousness to be able to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. Things are never so bad. They can't get worse or how I stopped worrying and learned to love my life is the, is the working title of the book. Um, And, uh, it's funny because what's right there is all the justifications for, you know, oh, well, you know, I was a realtor during the pandemic and it was really easy to make money during the pandemic. And now as soon as I made some money, I don't have to worry anymore. And now all of a sudden business got tough. So now, of course, I'm worrying. So this is all bullshit. And it's just the the justification and the reasons. And that is such a greased slide. Mm. You know, it's so easy to go down the road of things don't work and why they don't work and explain it away versus really deal with mm-hmm. having the, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, I don't think it's mental toughness, mm. but the space or the, the permission to look and create something. So, I mean, you know, I have, uh, you know, gratitude and, uh, I don't even have them all worked out, like why they're titles of chapters. They're just thoughts that I wanted to explore yeah. in it. You know, um, for sure, be, diving into gratitude has made an enormous difference for me. Mm-hmm. Um, this thing about weeding the garden is good. Um, mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorite uh, Grateful Dead lyrics seems to make sense here. You ain't going to learn what you don't want to know. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that chapter is about, but I love that lyric. I think it's a great great sentiment you ain't gonna learn what you don't want to know um there's the big self the big s self Mm -hmm. right versus the small l s self yeah um being good to yourself everything in moderation including moderation um (laughs) and then the thing that i that i liked was distinguishing distinct the thing i was 
planning on talking about on the show was distinguishing distinctions. Like mm. what is it to <clears throat> run your life from principles um, and, you know, to distinguish something for yourself yeah, yeah. versus understand it. You know, yeah. the difference between understanding something and distinguishing something. Mm, yeah. You know, like you yeah, don't understand, yeah. which is why the forum is so unbelievable for people because there's, they don't understand it. Right. But they just, they're, they've distinguished it. Yeah. 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 You know, that's that methodology is just so well done mm-hmm. for yeah. that, you know? Yeah. Um, cause you know, cause, you don't understand balance. Hmm. You don't, no one needs to understand balance to ride a bike. You don't need to know velocity and mass and direction and yeah. effort. None of that makes any understanding. It makes no difference. You just balance. You've learned to balance and you learn to balance. The thing about distinguishing something is you learned how to do it. You discovered how to do it by doing it wrong hmm. enough times. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm that you actually discovered the opposite. You discovered what there was to do. You discovered balance by falling. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you distinguished balance by falling Mm. until you got not falling and you call not falling balance. Mm. Mm. And then once you got balanced, like as a, as a toddler, literally a toddler, we call them toddlers because they toddle (laughs) right (laughs) until they stop toddling. And now they're just kids, but they, you know, they fall then distinguish that. Then you learn balance on a bike, and then you learn balance on a scooter or scooter fur, whatever, yeah. you know. And then balance in skiing. But even ba- when you go from walking to skiing, you're now going from not falling to falling again. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. just going to falling again. Mm-hmm. You now found a new way to fall. You don't fall when you walk, <laughs> right? You're not falling when you walk anymore. Yeah, but you want to expand that capacity so you put yourself in a situation where you do fall Hmm. until you distinguish not falling on skis on a hill and then you do that or you could not you could distinguish not falling on a surfboard you could distinguish not falling on Hmm. ice skates or to to not it's not really you know you could but anything you just you distinguish it by doing it wrong until you stop doing it wrong to, until you get the result. But you, the, there's that enormous gap that must be gone through of all the ways not to produce the result. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. And um, I want, can I add something in here? Yeah. I feel like one of the uh, p- part of um, I had this thought earlier, but it, I'll frame it inside of how you're sh- sharing now, like that there is um until you can distinguish how you, what kind of garden you want to create until you can distinguish the game you want to play, you will continue falling in everyone else's game that you compare yourself to. Like, I'm going to do it like Gary V does it, or I'm going to do it like Gary Keller does it, or I'm going to do. And so you, you fall and you fall and you fall and you just keep thinking I'm an imposter. I don't know what the hell I'm doing because you haven't yet distinguished the kind of garden you want to create. Yeah, it's good. And I think the key word there is distinguish. You may have it in your mind as an idea, but it hasn't become for you, 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 it's not distinguished. And that's a really, that's really good, Chris, because I wouldn't ever have connected that. 
that way, but it's really important that it's, you know, yeah, it's not distinct. You know, you it's still. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you can use that in anything that you're failing at, right? Mm-hmm. You, it's not become for yeah. you who you are. Yeah, right. You are a walker. You are a skier. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. you are a bike rider, you know, and you, or you're not, you know, people that don't know how to swim. Yeah. It, it's why you swimmer. couldn't, if, if you were, if you were like, I want a garden, you, you had distinguished it enough to say, I want to garden. You, let me just, I'm trying to unpack this um, metaphor here. Yeah. You're like, I, I want to be in business because I want to make money. You know, com- convert that to the metaphor. I want a garden because I want to have food to eat. But that's mm. not specific. That's just so you you buy a, a, this kind of seed and that kind of seed in different soils, and you are kind of trying to throw them all together. But you haven't distinguished one what you actually want. Do you want strawberries? Do you want apples? Do you, you haven't actually said this is what mm. I want. You just kind of broad stroked right. it like I want money, but you didn't really get specific about what kind of money, what what kind of garden. And as you start to distinguish what you want. You can set up the the raised beds and the position and the rows, and you can calculate what kind of yield you might want to have by how many seeds you plant. All of that comes from you deciding what kind of garden you'd actually want to create. Right. And different plants have different requirements of sun and nutrients and tending to, and, you know, some, you know, like garlic, uh, you know, when you grow garlic, it's, a whole thing. It's it's a very narrow yeah. stalk, and you got to weed even more, and it's a much more difficult process. Rice is a whole separate, separate. thing, right? Different, so, whole so if, different environment. Of course, you feel like an impo- I say this to you, but I mean this to yeah. everyone who's ever felt like an imposter. Of course, we feel like imposters when we're throwing different soil and seeds and in places that don't have light or the wrong kind of conditions. And, and we look at it and we go, this hasn't produced anything yet. And I'm a fraud. And you'll, it's, it's, it's just not the whole picture. Like you're a toddler toddling and you just haven't distinguished yet what you want to, what you want, what you want to create. And I think for me, there's been, this is only, you know, like I said, in the last couple of years, I've found a lot of comfort in and confidence in starting just to distinguish what kind of, garden I want to build. And as I've done that, I'm, I'm, it has, like, like you said, I don't know how many dollars an apple tree will, I don't know how many apples an apple tree is going to bear. I don't know how many dollars specifically this business plan is going to yield, but I know it will yield dollars. And I can just now focus my attention on weeding, watering, uh, you know, cultivate whatever I need to do to nurture the, the crop. But I'm pretty clear about what crop I want to I want to grow. Yeah, it's good. I think uh, just to keep the metaphor going, because I really do. I love metaphors and um, a a solid metaphor really works. And this thing about gardening is is good here. You know, so, you know, the seven projects that I got going here. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm. Uh, I mean, on one hand, it's not like, okay, so it's not like. I'm just throwing seeds around like try- now, yeah. you know, my son is about to go visit colleges. Right. And we may be out by you. We're going to go to, uh, he's going to go check out Wazoo and Whitman. Nice. Um, and, uh, you know, he's throwing seeds around. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's appropriate. It's 17, 18, 19, 20, 20 and really at any age, forget about yeah. it. If you don't have, 
if you have no idea what you want to plant, then by all means, yeah, you know, right. Grow seeds around until you see what starts to grow around you that you yep. want to nurture and tend to and care for. And, yep. you know, that speaks to you. Like, what kind of fruit do you like? Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I could definitely see that all of these are, you know, this uh, uh, of a particular fruit. Right. They're the yeah. particular yep. variety. Right. Mm-hmm. All these yeah, things yeah. are inside of mm-hmm. empowering people's agency and they yeah. are already yeah. I can see I already have, uh, mm. you know, uh, 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 some land bought that has the right amount of sun. And it is a it's it, you know, it's mm-hmm. I've already got stuff staked out mm-hmm. that can speak to that. I've got a skill set that mm-hmm. I already know how to garden in a particular way. I know how to nurture yeah. those trees. So all yeah. of that's good. And. You know, I think the thing that got gets me, hmm. I don't want to say it that way, um, really, you know, how, how I came to the call, Chris, and how I had been operating like this is really sort of uh, embarrassed that I stopped weeding, hmm. right? Because I know better than to allow weeds to hmm. take seed and to, to take root in the yep. garden yeah and uh and overly and and you know there's things about these that i don't know like how long do they take to fruit mm-hmm. uh you know i don't know how long certain any of these take to fruit i know that businesses work i know that you can start a business and have it work and you know they do and you you know some everything's yeah. in a season everything's but you've got to weed it and you got to water it and you got to take care of it all the way up, but it's definitely fruit that I am interested in tending to. So mm-hmm. it's good. But I think yeah. there's that embarrassment of the lack of weeding and then pretending it doesn't work yeah. when really you just stop weeding it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, you stop tending to it and then you pretend that it didn't work, you know? Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I, you know, we, uh, I don't think we talked about him on the show, but I think we we have in the past. But Alex Hermosi, um, uh, if you don't know, just Google Alex Hermosi. He's sort of a business guru these days. Um, and uh, so one of his little Instagram posts about, you know, the way businesses, the only two possible outcomes of a business is, is that you start, you you begin it and you tend to it and you keep tracking it and you keep fixing what's not working and you keep adjusting it and you keep making go until the thing works or you quit. Mm. Mm. And those are the only two possible outcomes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Those are the only two things. Now there's a little, um, you know, in the background, there may be for certainly contextually for most of us, there's a thing about, you know, winners never quit and quitting is a problem. And, uh, you should never quit and all that bullshit that comes with quitting that you and I are definitely in the camp with Seth Godin about no quitting. That's a ridiculous statement. You know, quitting is if you didn't quit winning your bed, you would never stop winning your bed. You've got to quit certain things, you know? Um, (laughs) And actually if we want to keep, this is good. We're down several tunnels. I didn't think we'd go down, which is really the point of the show. Right. Yeah. Uh, When I think about the dip, which is the Seth Godin book that talks about quitting and how Mm -hmm. quitting is your only access mm. to success, mm. 
right? Is that you could only be successful when you quit all the things that aren't successful. Mm. Um, his assertion is you've got to find a niche, mm. niche, niche. Yeah, niche. I like both. Niche. <laughs> uh, you got to find a niche that um, you can be number one in because there's no it's there's no point in going for it if you're not going to be number one in it which i think sort of messed me up mm. about this that's where i started looking at other people in the space and i'm like well they do it better than me i'm never going to be able to compete with them you know like if you're going to be yeah. a coffee shop you know you're you you are going to come you got to find a way to compete with Starbucks, right? Yeah. Okay, but if you live where I live on an island, that's not a problem because there is no Starbucks on the island. So you could be the number one on the on the island <laughs> to get that to work. Um, you know, you've got to keep carving out the space. Yeah. You know, and yeah. what you consider number one to be until you can get yourself as the number one thing in that space. Yeah. Um yeah. And uh yeah. And I I noticed how that started to to mess with me like oh god I can't be number 1 in empowering real estate agents cuz there's already too many major players in that space that do a job that's better than I and then there's the right. downward right. spiral yeah of yeah. Yeah, yeah. uh weeds I I uh just f- for those listening I feel like you know this is where um when you add if we're going to talk about mindful CEOs, I, I would, I, I'm going to suggest that each of us has a premise to our work, right? When blank happens, the world will change for me. When leaders lead, the world will change. You have this uh, premise around agency. When people experience agency, their own agency, the world will change. Like there's a, when you add that to the broad stroke of being number one, which is such a daunting piece of advice, <clears throat> you know, you could say like, I could be number one in helping mindful CEOs, you know, operate from a place of agency. Like that is you distinguishing the garden you want to build. And it's not like you have to compete with Starbucks garden. You just go, I'm, this is what my heart and soul wants to do this. And I think this is important because I think a lot of times people will feel like an imposter because again, they didn't distinguish their, what their soul wants to do. They looked out into a, a, a marketplace of, broad strokes, a marketplace full of gardens. And they said, uh, they tried to copy and emulate and funnel hack someone else's garden. Well, I'm going to go do Starbucks or I'm going to do that. And and we're all trying to build competitive gardens and none of it is what our soul wants to do. So if you could tune into, this is why I love the mindful conversation because I feel like mindful CEOs actually spend time thinking about this. What does your soul want? And then you could go be number one at that. Because nobody else is going to have that particular garden. Anyway, that's great. I mean, you know, number I I can hear that, Chris, for you, right inside what you're building with communities, yeah, and how that is an expression of something, and you know, having empowering people's communities is your expression. It's your fruit tree. It's what you want, and you know, you could be the number one in that space, right? And I think. Yeah. It, you know, just a thought. No, haven't worked any of this out yet. Yeah. Um, I, 
part of the throwing of the seeds mm. around is to discover what grows that I could be number one at. Yeah. Good. Right. Like yep. that to actually say that, like, oh, that is, you know, that's the thing right there that I could actually yeah. stand for. That's the thing I'm going to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, that's the tree. That's the, that's the garden I want to build right there. Right. And until then you're just throwing, not just uh, take the just out until then you're experimenting with various plants and various things to see what resonates with you and what speaks to you inside, you know, that, um, yeah, you know, the Dharma wheel, the icky guy, the, you know, your, your purpose in life. Right. Um, yeah, I was just idea. thinking, Ikigai. I was just before you said that thinking. I, I there's when you've had the um, the privilege of throwing seeds for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, for I, I used to call this a, or I, I still call this being a perpetual seeker. Uh, if we talked about this, where you're you're always almost there, like you're mm. you're almost there, but you're always almost. You never get there, and I and. For a while, I was I wore a seeker as a badge of honor. Like I think that's cool. I think it's cool to seek wisdom and truth. And but the problem was, I it was a moving target. I just never ever got there, wherever there was. And so if if you're in the habit or the the neural pattern of throwing seeds, mm-hmm. and your identity is wrapped up in seeker, meaning you you're forever going to be seeking because you're proud of being a seeker you'll never actually distinguish what kind of garden you want to plant. And I think for some of us who've been throwing seeds for a while, we have enough repetition to find that ikigai, to find, mm-hmm. to to tune in and listen to your soul, what your soul actually wants to do. Cause that's already, it's probably already there. I don't, I don't think for most of us who've been on this planet a while that you don't know what it is. It's mine showed up in my twenties. It shows up when you're young and then you sort of forget about it as mm-hmm. you go acquire skills. But you're, there's a thing your soul wants to do. You you've had if you've been if you're old enough, you have enough skill to sort of determine what you're good at. There's some genetic encoding we've ha- we've talked about that. There's some thing that nobody taught you how to do that you're good at. And so my point is, you can start. This is distinguishing. You're distinguishing. I have this skill set. I have this soul and uh, heart to do something. And if you could just start to uh, distinguish how they play together. You could build a garden that would produce fruit, but if you but if you don't distinguish it, then what you what you do is you continue throwing seeds and you compare your 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 harvest of random seed throwing to Alex Hormozzi, who's making right. a ton of money doing something that he's very, he's distinguished very clearly for himself. Yeah, that speaks to him, and like that's it's good. I mean, I do think there's that level of that last thing you said about I'm going to compare my seed tossing mm-hmm. to someone who's been cultivating a specific garden. Gary yeah, V yeah. has been cultivating a specific yeah. garden for a long time. Yeah. I don't get to look at my garden of yeah. random plants yeah. selection yeah. and yeah. compare it to his with any integrity. I also don't get to compare the seedling that I just planted around mindful CEOs yeah. that I really am committed to grow that I could nurture into something to his right. garden either because his garden's been there forever and 
it's a whole different. Yeah. It's, you just can't compare the two, right? It doesn't make any sense to compare it. You know, don't compare your day one to their day year 30, you know, like, doesn't make any sense there. But when you focus on yours, can you weed that garden? Mm -hmm. Can you find what it takes to nurture that plant? Can you develop the kind of conversations and are you, and find it, meaning distinguish it, meaning Mm -hmm. do it wrong. You kill enough of those plants. Yeah. Right. That you finally get the formula, you personally and all your alchemy and your personal karma Mm. and your dharma and your whole trip finally produces that. And you're going to continue in that. And, Mm. you know, you can you are seeking perpetually seeking that until Mm. it shows up and you have to be willing to have it show up. Mm. Yeah. And I think I've, I've, you know, I like. Whatever I have avoided the pain of distinguishing as an activity, Mm. right? Because it entails falling on my ass Mm. until I distinguish not, Mm. you know? Um, And I feel like that's the new endeavor. That's the space of this new endeavor. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. You know, and I and when I go back to looking at you know the things are never so bad they can't get worse, and where that showed up in my business mm-hmm. um, was, you know, I did that in real estate. You know, I failed, 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 failed. Fail, fail. Oh, look, this works, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And you know, in my you know, in the bakery, you know, there was that in the recipe testing, fail, fail, fail. Yeah. Oh, this is it. There's the recipe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, that's the recipe, right, right. right? But we never got there as a, you know, we got there to whatever extent we got there as a business before I sold it. But the, hmm. you know, yeah, there were all other things to distinguish there that could have been distinguished there that weren't about that. I don't know. I want to add one thing to that, which is um, <clears throat> since we're name dropping, uh, Tim Ferriss years ago wrote um, the the Four Hour Chef, mm. and it was basically his it was his third book, and it was his um, accelerated learning model. It's how he learned the Brazilian tango and um, won some competition in tango and all the other things he did. And what was interesting was he said um, <clears throat> he would part of his process is he'll go find somebody who's really good at the thing he wants to be good at. <clears throat> he'll interview them. <clears throat> And he listens for what they say explicitly. And then he also listens for what they don't say, but is implied, what's implicit. And I think this is really important because he, if we uh, overlay this with sort of the conversation we're having with Alex Ramosi or any, any other influencer who's telling you how to throw seeds and grow gardens, like, here's how you make money. What they're, they're saying to you explicitly explicitly what worked for them. And it's a very broad stroke. Gary V says, here's, you need a hundred pieces of content. And then everybody hears that and thinks, oh my God, I'm going to, I'm going to have all kinds of fruit and harvest if I just do a hundred pieces of content. And it's not the point. Of of course you, you couldn't summarize the entire success of Gary's garden because he said, you have to do a hundred pieces of content a day. That's not, that's you, that's not the whole thing. So you have to also listen implicitly for what is implied, what's in the background, what's, what is also contributing to the success that isn't being said. And if you can get that, then you would know that there is 
stuff unspoken about how it makes what makes it work and mm. and you're gonna have to find your own implicit thing like when you said Aaron, you're like i went through i failed 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 oh this worked and then there's this implied thing this implicit thing that that comes alongside of you and accompanies you in your own distinguishing of the garden you want to build and you couldn't have found that if you hadn't failed 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 but but when we feel like imposters it's because we're constantly looking for someone else's explicit broad stroke of how I'm supposed to, you know, make this garden bear fruit. And, and then I get frustrated that it didn't work. And it's because you're trying to take, you know, advice from the cheap seats or from, from the, from the, the grandstand, instead of actually being in the distinguishing and the failing of what works for you. Right. <clears throat> so anyway, I, I, I think that's, I think that's great, Chris. That's a, uh, Yeah, I mean that's that that I would need to read it to really get what he's talking about about but the implicit thing. But for sure, I mean, I get inundated with um, you know ads on my feed and emails all the time about you know adding four hundred GC four hundred thousand dollars in GCI and that mm-hmm. whole thing. And it is all it really is all a hundred percent. And even when you watch the people on stage at a conference, you know, like yeah. the winners, the yeah. funnel hacking conference winners or whatever, the people in your real estate stages, all the stages, those are always the outliers. They are by yeah. definition, the outliers, they are the specific, they are specifically chosen because they are outliers. Mm-hmm, yeah. Right. Except what they're presenting is this is what works, except what they're really saying is this is what worked for me in my market at this time. The way I did it, the tone of my voice, all the different things that happened, you know, the shoes I was wearing, all the different things (laughs) that they're not actually saying. Right. right? They boiled it down to these three success steps, but you can't reproduce it just with those three success steps. If you could, there would be no no one on stage. (laughs) Right. 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 So they're always and that and that's never acknowledged in right. any way. Right. 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 Um, right. And it's important for you to get, OK, yeah. those three steps work for them. What are the three steps that now some principles principles are worth distinguishing like, oh, OK, how many hours a day did they work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And how many doors did they knock in my business yeah. or how much did they, you know, what was in the testing? How many different models that they tested and what did those tests look like? All the details about how they did it, you know, but those recipes that they're selling. Right. Right. Um, you know, people talk to me all the time about bacon bread. Right. And I'm always like, well, it's very personalized to your kitchen. Mm. You know, your oven, how, how hot is your oven really? And, mm. you know, these are brought recipes are broad brushstrokes of yeah, right di- in directional direction right? yeah, like try this first and then tune it to your specific yeah. circumstances and i people mm. i don't think hear the tuning yeah. as you know because your garden isn't a different we're just going to keep throwing metaphors in here just different <laughs> yeah. metaphors all the time but you know your garden has a yeah. different orientation to the sun than my garden yeah. did so right. direct sun for you isn't yeah, direct dude, sun no. for me it's great. Right. And your what soil zone are you in zone seven, zone five. Right. Zone, I mean, exactly. <laughs> so you can get it to work. You just oh, yeah. got to, you got to realize that, that there's a whole world of implicit yeah. things yes. unsaid. Yes. That need to be distinguished. 
it's interesting to me if i just summarize this whole thing it's in, it's it's um it occurs to me like what we're talking about is agency like you know when you could own your garden like listen fine listen to all the people from stage say what they what they their their general broad brushstrokes of how they got what their recipe is but but at some level it's going to be you failing 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 until you own and and go all in on the kind of garden that you want to create knowing that the garden will bear fruit in in dollars it will bear dollars it will it, there will be a harvest but to me i feel like the for me the secret sauce in finding peace with my mindful approach to business my mindful journey of business mm-hmm. is has been in the owning and the distinguishing of the kind of garden i want to build and now that i know and not, I'm not unclear about it. I'm clear. This is what I want to build. Now it's tending weeds. It's watering it, nurturing it. I'm not confused about the garden I'm building. I'm not questioning what kind of things I planted. I'm like, this is what I'm planting. And I can be patient for the gestation that it takes for it to yield. Yeah. Great. And you garden for the love of gardening. Yeah, exactly. You know, It's not that you wouldn't garden if it didn't. It's not that you would garden if it didn't produce fruit you would you're you're gardening so that it produces fruit yeah and you've got to have an orientation to it that you are loving the gardening itself you know the failing so yeah all right good well let's wrap that there that was an interesting little journey yeah i think it's so relevant and important because i think a lot of people who get stuck between their soul is calling them to a mindful approach, but they're in a CEO mindset of, I got to, I got to hit a number. I got to, I got to yield. I need a, I need a harvest. There's just, that's a finding a way to make peace with those two worlds is important. That's, and that's what we're dealing with. That's, what we're that's doing. good. That's what I'm dealing with. All right, What's dude. Friend? All right, uh, those of you listening, Hey, this is the kind of conversation, like you can see even in the, the, evolution of the conversation where we started today and where we ended like that that there is a working out of you know the madness we bump into on a daily basis aaron and i are have been in this world for a while and we still bump into these things i'm assuming you do the same thing so that's why we created the mastermind right the mindful ceo mastermind so that you totally. can be in a conversation with other people who are walking this kind of stuff home and grappling with it and seeing what happens yeah. next so that's right we learn from each next other next week so, well, go to go to the mindfulceo.com oh, yeah, if you want sorry. to learn more about that. And then we'll see you next week. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Eric. Bye.